Welcome, Whitefields Community Church. Pastor Minister here, Pastor Nick Katie, Pastor Whitefields Community Church. I'm Pastor Mike, and we are here to look at uh, what happened on Sunday. And we were studying through the books of uh, of Second Kings, chapter nine and ten, as we continue through our series called "Desiring the Kingdom." And if you missed that sermon on Sunday, you can catch it at Whitefields Church. Dot com, and you can download that one. If you and if you missed any in the series, you can go there and you can find them all uh, on at whitefieldschurch.com. Of course, there's a lot of other things uh, there as well. A lot of things uh, about going on in the church, and a lot of information and updates, especially coming up for the Christmas season, that you can find there. But of course, YouTube, Facebook, all of the um, podcast platforms, you can find uh, the sermon from Sunday. And any of our sermon extras that have gone on the past, and and if you would, if you would, uh, you know, uh, rate and review any of those on your podcast, your favorite podcast apps, whether it's on Apple or Google Play or any of those, that really, really helps. You know, with so the algorithms, it just gets our content out when people are asking questions about these particular topics, and you know, our stuff shows up, and we can we can uh, then bless them with with good biblical, Christ-centered answers to some of the questions of life that people. Uh, might be having. But uh, this week we find ourselves in 2 Kings chapter 9 and chapter 10 and we look at the life of Jehu, king, uh, he, and he was he was pretty radical guy. And yeah. that was the name of our sermon, uh, was Radical Change, right? The Radical Change. The, ra- yeah. the Radical Change. And uh, he, he was passionate. There, You know, this guy, God told him to do stuff and he did it to the nth degree. But, you know, as you pointed out in your sermon, Jehu had a lot of passion about the things of God, but not necessarily God himself. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about a little bit today. Yeah, you know, uh, that idea of the radical change being, uh, you know, I was thinking when I was making that title, that Jehu on the one hand is radical in the sense that we Mm -hmm. tend to use the word radical, right? In the sense that he was extreme, he never, never did anything halfway. But there was a movement during the Reformation called the Radical Reformation. A lot of people assume that that was the non radical reformers calling those guys radicals calling them extremists right like uh, like we would use that word in a negative or pejorative way today but the word radical reformer really came from the fact that the the uh, radical reformers this would include like anabaptists were a big part of the radical reformation that they really focused on heart change rather than let's say societal change Mm -hmm. they focused on change of the heart and so it was a bit of a play on on words there uh, with this, but I think that's really the key with Jehu. He was radical, and in Jehu, I, I can't help but see so many people uh, who I see today uh, in our society, online, etc., uh, who are very radical, and they're really, they care a lot about certain issues, but they don't necessarily care about God. And so with Jehu, he was radical to do the things that God told him to do, and he was radical uh, about wanting other people to see him as zealous. That was important to him, his image. Um, but at the end of the day, we find that he didn't transfer that passion. It didn't become a passion for God. It was a passion to do things for God. It was a passion for justice. Um, and, and yet it wasn't a passion for God himself. Because at the end of his life, we see that he spent all his time worshiping at these golden Uh, calves that had been set up by Jeroboam, which means that uh, he worshipped idols instead of the true and living God. So he did things for God, but he didn't know God and he didn't worship God. Yeah, and to be clear, I think, you know, you're probably alluding to people who veil things in Christianity, Mm. but yet 
you know, they use the name of God for their causes. They use, but in many ways, they don't even seem to know what God, the mind of God is on that particular topic. Well, you know, they do things in God's name. And of course, of course, it's been an issue that, you know, has plagued Christians for many years, you know, centuries even, that we do things in the name of the Lord, but yet, is it really, you know, is God really behind? Is that the mind of the Lord? Have we gone to him and sought his wisdom mm -hmm. on those particular subjects? Yeah, with Jehu, I mean, he actually did do what God wanted him mm -hmm. to do, and God commended him for yeah. it. And yet, at the end of the day, he didn't know God. You know, what it reminds me of most is in Matthew chapter 7, in a passage that actually I've, I've mentioned before, was used a lot in my own mm -hmm. life, uh, in my coming to the Lord, giving my life wholeheartedly over to God is in Matthew 27, I believe it's verses uh, 21, 22. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and much to their surprise, he says, uh, on the last day, here's what's going to happen. There will be many people who come to me, and they say, Lord, Lord, we did these great things in your name. It says that we cast out demons, we prophesied. You know, we did great works in your name. And Jesus will say, uh, depart from me, you workers of evil, because I never knew you. And uh, that you just if you break that passage down, it's even more pronounced because the fact that you would say, Lord, Lord, he says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Well, why would they say it twice? That's a very emotive way of speaking. It, it, that emphasis uh, alludes to passion. So if you say, Lord, Lord, you're not just uh, referring to God, but you're referring to God passionately. So these are people who expressed passion for God in some form or another. They did things for God, even even to the point of using spiritual gifts even to the point of service to God and service in God's name. And yet, this is what's so uh, sobering about that passage, is that it, it tells us that it is possible to do things for God. It is possible to even, uh, on the outside, seem to express passion for God, and yet still not know God. And that's super important, because Jesus says in John 17, verse 3, that this is eternal life to know him, the, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom he sent. In other words, it all comes back at the end of the day to relationship with God. And this is a, a theme that tracks throughout the entire Bible. From Genesis, you know, you see that the people walked with God in the cool of the day. It, there's this description of relationship that is lost and broken. They go from walking with God to hiding from God. God's pursuing them, and they're running away from God, right? So it's, it's a relationship broken. They get cut off from Eden and from the tree of life. And, uh, and there's this whole idea of that, I mean, this is what, what it's all about. We are created for relationship with God. Relationship with God is broken because of sin, but God pursues, and God seeks us out and, uh, and desires to bring us into relationship. And yet, um, you know, like with Jehu, he had every opportunity and just just almost like didn't seem to care. He was, he was into how he was perceived. He was into perhaps even doing the right things, but not for the right reason. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's a word to the wise, even for those that are in ministry. You know, you, both you and I have been in ministry for many mm -hmm. years. I think that's one of the greatest temptations is that when you're in the ministry, you're in the church, you're serving people that we can get caught up in doing the things of God and lose the love of God. That's right. And lose that, as you spoke about there, lose the relationship. And it's so important that everything comes from that relationship and that our eyes don't get focused on the things of God because we're always doing, we can always be doing the things 
for the Lord. But God doesn't want us doing stuff for him for the sake of doing stuff. He wants that relationship. And when that relationship is tight, when that relationship is healthy, then those things happen. It's, you know, as you know, the, the tree bears fruit. It's not the apple that's, you know, grunting and groaning to become an apple. It's a natural, you know, fruit. You know, it comes to fruition naturally by being plugged into the tree. Yeah. You know, and getting fed by the tree. And that's so important, that relationship you're talking about. We need to be, be, be working on that. And those things, those things we want to do for the Lord will happen naturally. And one description of prayer that I heard was somebody described prayer as us talking with God about what we're doing together, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting way to portray prayer because it assumes that you're still doing those things. And, and I would fully agree. God cares so much more about who we are before him than he cares about what we do for him. And yet, I would say, um, you know, he wants us to do those things, but he wants us to do them for the right reason, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's when we're walking with him and doing those things together in step with him. That's to be a joyous thing, but it comes out of relationship. It can never usurp the relationship or replace the relationship. Yeah, and Psalm 37, 4, basically, delight yourself in the Lord mm-hmm. and he will give you the desires of your heart, you know? And yeah. And those things will be accomplished, but they come, you know, it's seek ye first the kingdom of God, and these things shall be added unto you. So it's just getting our priorities and things right and making sure our passion is in the Lord, you know, and not necessarily always in the things of the Lord, you know, and leaving him kind of out of the equation, which can, you know, be a temptation for us. So, no, great, great important stuff. And I think that's just a word to the wise just for us in ministry. If you're in ministry... You know, that's something, you know, if you're a pastor, you're a youth worker, you know, you're a youth pastor or you're, you know, even just serving at the church, you know, you're in, you, you set up the chairs every week or you're doing the coffee ministry or anything that your passion is for the Lord mm-hmm. and not only for what you do at the church. I mean, the church is grateful They, you know, body of Christ loves for those to serve, but that we are serving the Lord first and, and, um, you know, doing those things, our passions for God and let, you know, let him move in and through us. So, so we had some updates today that we yeah. wanted to look at. Yeah. So some updates, a few things. We're in the middle of Project Greatest Gift, which is our uh, Christmas time outreach to children in foster care in Weld County primarily, but mm-hmm. also Adams County, Boulder County. So I want to give an update. We have 51 kids left, which mm-hmm. is, which is huge progress. It's really great. Uh, so many kids were sponsored this past Sunday. And the good news is we've got two Sundays left of this. So this upcoming Sunday and then the one after that, which would be the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, so 51 kids. And uh, there actually may be a few less than that because we have also received some financial gifts from people who um, are out of state and things like that mm-hmm. and who want to support. So we have, uh, but let's just say 51 kids who need to be sponsored. So if there's anybody of you out there and you have been saying, oh yeah, I keep forgetting to sign up for Project Greatest Gift, on Sundays or throughout the week, here's your friendly reminder, and you can even do it right now. You can go to projectgreatestgift.org, projectgreatestgift.org, and there you can find the information you need. You can find uh, children that you can sponsor and support this Christmas season to help bring gifts, but also bring the hope of the gospel. So 51 kids left. So great progress that we've made. Uh, and we're like in the home stretch, but we're not there yet. And we want to race across that finish line. So we need help from everybody watching to do that. And even if you're not local here, this is a great opportunity where you can uh, support kids um, at Christmas time who are, you know, really in need. Yeah. And so no matter where you live, you can go online 
projectgreatestgift.org and you can sponsor a child here in our local area uh, this Christmas season. So do that. Hey, here's another one is that uh, let's talk about our response to the COVID restrictions. So here in, uh, we are, our church is located in Weld County. Now, uh, our congregation is kind of split as the city of Longmont in this region is split down a county line. So uh, Boulder County on Friday is entering into a new code red restriction, which isn't the same as the old code red. So it's kind of a, a new, they've, they've changed the color spectrum on mm -hmm. these. So the new code red, um, I believe, means that churches in Boulder County um, can't be open. or They I, can be, but they can only be at 25%. Capacity. I think it's even more restrictive than that. Okay. I, I read some restrictions, but yeah. either way, we're not in Boulder County. That's 25 why 25% of capacity or 50 people was total, I think. Okay. But I'm not quite. But that, you'd have to check it out. Check it on your local yeah. news listings. But that doesn't affect us. No, it doesn't so affect we're us. So we're in Weld County, and we're still able to have um, services at higher capacity than that. We're in stage yellow, according to Colorado's rules. And uh, that hasn't changed. So we're mm -hmm. checking that all the time. And usually they give you a couple days notice when they're yeah. going to change the number. And that hasn't come out for Weld County yet. But we're ready to roll with it if it does. Mm -hmm. And so people have been asking, what are we going to do? Are we going to change anything? The one thing that we are doing is that we reached out to ministry leaders this week, people who serve and are in uh, volunteer capacities and things like that. And we told them that anybody who's serving on a Sunday morning um, on, our, on our staff or on our volunteer staff as well, um, is, needs to be wearing a mask uh, the entire time they're in the building and they need to uh, be wearing gloves when they serve communion, things like that. So we're just, we're just we've, we've held that policy until now, washing hands, using hand sanitizer, but we're just making sure that we wanna be very diligent about it because we do not wanna see anybody get sick by coming to church. And yet we do value, and I think it's not just a preferential value, I'd say it's actually a theological value. Yeah. We wanna love our neighbors. You yeah, know. But, but not just that, it's a theological value to yeah. keep our church open. Yeah, oh, that's true. And, and to love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. So we wanna do both these things at the same time. So we wanna be cautious and we wanna do what we can mm -hmm. to make sure the virus isn't spreading in our midst the next thing that will happen is that if Weld County does uh, go to more stringent uh, restrictions, then we are currently working on a plan to add a third service, which would give us opportunity to spread out more and, um, and just reduce contact. Mm -hmm. And that early service, it would be an earlier service, and that would probably be like what we might consider a COVID-friendlier service in the sense of we get our building deep cleaned here every Saturday night. I don't know if everybody watching knows that, but now you do. We get our building here uh, deep cleaned every Saturday night. And so the first service that's in here would have that privilege, you know, or that uh, benefit of, of being in here after the building's been cleaned. There's been no one else in here prior to that. Um, and, um, and then that would probably be a, a slightly, you know, like a lower attended service because earlier. Mm -hmm. And it would also be a little shorter service. So it'd be pared down a little bit and shorter in duration. Um, and so keep an eye out for that. If the dial goes that direction, that's our plan for that. Um, another thing to talk about is we're coming up on the season of Advent. So Advent mm -hmm. is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And so Advent usually starts on the Sunday right after Thanksgiving. And that's the case, of course, this year as well. So uh, that is... It's November 29th. November 29th, yeah. 
And so we're doing a special series for Advent, and the series is called The Promise of a Savior. And the whole idea behind the series is we're going to go uh, travel through the Old Testament with like vignettes or, or look at different passages, starting in Genesis and going to like uh, David, King David and the promise to King David, looking at Isaiah, and then working our way all the way up to the birth of Jesus and this culmination. Uh, one, of the, one of the passages I'm looking forward to studying is the one where Moses uh, prophesies that there will be a prophet greater than him who will come and the people should listen to this prophet. And then in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, when Jesus comes, they ask him, are you, who are you, John the Baptist? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? And the prophet they're referring to there is the prophet who was promised by Moses back in the day, which was a prophecy about the Messiah. And it's really cool just to think about how Jesus as prophet, priest, and king is the Messiah, the anointed one. So uh, that's coming up. And then Christmas Eve, we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter, is it chapter four? I just sent it out today. Yeah, you did. I didn't it's memorize this it. It's a great <laughs> passage. Uh, I think it's chapter four. It says that uh, in the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman a, a born under the law to set us free from the law. It's a beautiful, beautiful mm. passage. And so we're going to look at that, but it's that whole idea of that in the fullness of time, in the culmination of the waiting, right? In the culmination of the promises, God sent his son. And he says, the final part of that verse says, so that we could experience adoption as sons. No, so God great. sent his son so that we could become sons. And you know, um, and that's not just, so sometimes you say sons and daughters, but there's actually a, a whole theological reason why we use the word sons and not daughters. And the reason is because sons were heirs in the mm. ancient world. And that's who we have become. Whether you're male or female, you're a son in the sense that you have full rights. Even daughters are sons in this one. Us guys, we get to be the bride of Christ. So it, right. it cuts both <laughs> yeah. ways, right? Yeah. So, so there's that. And I think I think that's it. Oh, Christmas Eve services. Yes, yes. We're going to have three Christmas Eve services this year um, to accommodate spacing and mm -hmm. because we, a lot of people bring guests on Christmas Eve right. and we want to make sure there's room. And schedules vary widely on Christmas mm -hmm. Eve from people who want to go to church early so they can go cook or, you know, do the final shopping or whatever they got to do. Uh, people who get off work maybe midday and they're ready to go to church and uh, make dinner. And, and then people who, who maybe they get off work late and they want to go to church in the evening. So uh, we're really excited about Christmas Eve. We're going to have, it'll be about a 50 minute service that we'll do and it, or maybe an hour, but it will be that it'll be family friendly and it will be, uh, here are the times, three o'clock, three o'clock, four thirty, and six, six. o'clock. So three, four thirty, and six o'clock. And we would love to have you there. Can't wait to see you there and uh, we'll have more information coming out about that soon but put it in your calendar decide now mm -hmm. you know which service you're going to go to and we look forward to seeing you if uh, we'd love to hear more from you leave us a comment uh and and do all those things below but that's your segment sorry yeah I'm no no it's great you. great yeah. a lot of stuff happening this season so get over to whitefieldschurch.com you can a lot of information will be updated of course you can follow us on facebook and instagram and uh, Twitter and all those places, all of the information you heard today, you know, that stuff flows out through these different channels. But, uh, of course, you know, get over whitefieldschurch.com. You can download Sunday Sermon, and uh, you can subscribe, hit the like button, all those things. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.